battery already? No, uh, battery's fine. This thing's charging. We're recording things. You're recording again? Yeah, how's this sound? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it sounds amazing. It's pretty good right there. Hey, everybody. Adam from Slip Angle here. <sighs> of course, you know that because you downloaded the show. I don't even know why we... I don't know why we do intros. Everybody knows what they downloaded. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting in the car still with Jay Hare. It's a long drive. All the way back from mid-Ohio. Don't, worry, nice, don't well, worry about the other one. That was a nice four-minute four break we had there. Um, you know you should do the 90-minute break. Uh, Have you heard be, about the 90-minute break? No, I haven't. We'd be home in 90 minutes. Well, you know when you're working on a car with a buddy. Yeah. And you have take a break yeah and you're like i'm gonna take a five minute break or i'm gonna take a 10 minute break sometimes there's like you know 10 years ago it was usually i think a miller high life was involved in the break right champagne of beers gross well that's all was in chris's fridge (laughs) (laughs) and we had a great time and the thing is we we've we've graduated and a couple years ago i was helping chris with a clutch and everything on an ep3 si okay and i said i'm gonna i'm gonna take a break and he's like well how long and I had a dogfish 90-minute IPA in my hand. And I said, I'm going to take a 90-minute break. And he's like, well, wait, is that the beer or 90 minutes? I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe both at this rate. <laughs> so I drink it. I'm not going to want to come back. <laughs> I, I have found that if you're if you're struggling with, uh, with a problem on a car, um, the longer the break you take, the, the better the odds of immediately fixing it. As soon as you show out, up. As soon as you come back. Yeah, yeah the frustration levels. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't get the bitch pin out of uh, out of the, <laughs> the shift rod or whatever. Right. Like if you, if you go on a date with your girlfriend and then attack it again at midnight, comes right shit, up. That thing will come out in three minutes, and you'll wake your dad up doing it because you live at home. And I know we had a, maybe a plan here, but on that note, yes, I was reassembling the Type R sedan. A, a plan meaning mid- a plan meaning we had topics and now we forgot. What? And if the people that know the Borowski brothers, they came by to help me put the transmission back on the car. And when they showed up, it was like a tornado showed up. They're like, hey, we're going to do this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 okay. And before I know, we're grabbing a trans and we bolted it to the block. Yep. And they left and we're like, yep, later. Then I looked down and realized that the fork for the clutch uh, was still on the shelf. Which needs to go in from <laughs> which the inside. Needs to go in the and I looked at him like, there's got to be a way to make this work. I can get it. No, there's no way. The only no way to make way. it work is to remove that transmission. I just had two people help me put on, and now they're gone. Just call them back? Yeah, and they laughed. They laughed? <laughs> they laughed. Said, oh, that's not our problem. That's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> those freaking Polish, those mean Polish men. <laughs> they thought it was great. And, yeah, are they uh, Polish? What are they? Yes, yeah. Uh, Polish-Americans, yeah. yeah. And they... Um, I remember they have a pretty good accent. I love those guys. And uh, Bart's like a six or eight time solo national champion. Yeah, he's Bart's something else. Yeah. And uh, but there was um, I, I ended up going out somewhere with Lauren that night. But it was the only thing I was, was stuck in my head. Oh, I got to go take that thing back off, and now they're not there. So I I left early because her friend was going to take her back. Right. And you know it's that that break. I went away for a bit. Yeah. And then I just kind of looked at him like, I got to build something so I don't actually have to pull this transmission all the way off. I just need to remove it. Yeah. I don't have a trans jack, so I got some nice boxes, some padding, and just dropped it on that, threw it in, threw it back together, pulled it back up, and I'm like, all right. That you was a good like 30 the, minutes. You don't like the front wheel drive uh, transaxle bench press move? Uh, it's not the nah, not my favorite. I've done it, and that's why it's not my favorite. Hondas do have that uh, starter hole in the back on the top. They um, do. 
and you can grab that, but it's still a, that's a good pull. You got to give that. I'm a big work smarter, not harder yeah, type. Yeah, you got to give that thing. See, I'm I'm a bit brute force myself, but um, uh, if I can find a way to do it without nowadays straining, I, nowadays I do just call tall Kyle over it. It goes way easier because he's a giant Lithuanian. Would that, would that qualify as working smarter, not harder? Yes, it would. All right. Now, so. now he just moved uh, like four towns further away, though, so that's not going to be as easy as when he lived a block I didn't know away. he moved. Oh, okay. And he moved to Indiana. So. Oh, okay. So if you want to steal an R32 GTR, I know where All right, it well, lives. I'm sure you've got an address, so I we, do can, have an address we can detour a little in bit. In my phone somewhere. It's really just saying hello, but... Hey, Kyle. And, and acquiring, but... You know, it's not stealing if you need it. So, so what uh, what are the projects on your next car? Are you uh, have you decided on a suspension or anything? Uh, Ooh, look at me steering back. Man, to the top you are pick. good. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I on the old car I had spoon and one dampers with uh, eye box brakes. I was running essentially it was like a twelve ten spoon, dude, and it was fantastic. I bet you those would fetch a premium in the week before race wars. <sighs> you know. Could have fetched a premium in general, but hey, that's all right. He sold them to your buddy for like half the cost. You know what? He's going to put great use to them. Yeah, right. I mean, he really they're is. They're going to go to Expo once a year. Well, you know. They're going to they're gonna die on the highway on the way there. <laughs> well, that would be sad. That would be sad. Because <laughs> last year, he put a hurt on a lot of people in, in that car. So yeah. I, I give him some credit. He was very good. Uh, um, so, yeah. I, that think I, the, I think I passed him. <clears throat> you might have, but he... <laughs> I don't know, but he was moving. He was moving for for, uh, for what he's got in it. I'm he's, just, he's I'm just kidding. I, they were they, all the white type bars look the same, but I passed all of them. Well, you know, <laughs> I probably passed one, and I wasn't even on track. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I rolled up in a TSX. You know, what's well, that make me? You didn't even take your type R to type R Expo last year. Enough time. There's too many type. <laughs> it's a street car. You can just get in it and go. Yeah, I was in another state at the time. It made it a little difficult. <sighs> that and the fact that you know moving a week later oh that's right you were you know, in the kind of makes a little yeah. you yep. kind of want to simplify things it was up at a non-specified race shop location yeah it was, it was a safe spot safe safe location it's very safe great, um great home what what are, you, what are your uh, what are your thoughts for dampers and stuff for the next car <laughs> um i like to keep it simple now so the current car you know stock type r is the initial plan yeah uh but you know i remember when i made the jump from stock type r to the spoons and thought, wow, this is amazing. This is what I've been missing out on for 10-plus years. Everyone else has this amazing suspension. So I don't know what I'm looking at now with the new one. Probably stock initially, and then uh, initially upgrade the shocks, and then maybe look at springs later. You know, I was initially thinking, you know, I probably won't do spoons again because they're hard to find. You know, I like the Mugens, uh, maybe some revalve Coney Yellows. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Coney Yellows and, or some, uh, if you can find some used ones, Coney 3011s, uh, double adjustables. They're like they're like literally bulletproof shocks. Um, they were like the Pikes Peak hill climb shock of choice back when it was like half paved, half unpaved. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it's a it's old F1 technology, uh, steel case, really strong. Um, Talking like eighties, nineties F1. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe even older than that, but uh, pretty digressive curve. Like uh, digressive meaning. High speed impacts really are pretty soft, but like low speed stuff and pretty pretty uh, firm. Um, hmm. They can really play with them a lot. Eric Cantillo just won second place at uh, NSTL on an older set of 3011s. So. I didn't know that's what he had on there. Yeah, just basic conies. I think they were revalved by Pro Parts, but uh, they're a pretty good deal if you can find some of those. Um, new, they're not cheap, but they're a good shock. It's real similar to the 2812s. Uh, familiar with those yeah but that's like the aluminum body 
back from Coney Challenge days and stuff. But uh, well, the fact that they're rebuildable and revalvable is, yeah. is a nice thing. Yeah. Another, another thing that I just tried out was Bilstein's this year. Bilstein uh, 46 mil stuff, um, which a lot of uh, a lot of the front wheel drive and like uh, BMW stuff, smaller car stuff is like 46 mil shocks, which all their all their racing shocks like they're, they're huge in like the circle track world, you know. And circle track world loves figuring out shocks. And so you can pretty much do anything you want valving-wise to Bilstein's if you know what you're doing. Sure. So I found a dude that knew what he was doing. And he just made me some Bilstein's that are just like his for his CRX. And he's also raced a lot of other things. Corvettes, S2000s, Miatas, everything. Um, but Well-versed uh, experience. Yeah, David, David Whitener out of Texas. Um, I freaking love my Whitener Bilstein's. They're the best place I've ever put uh, a quite small amount of money <laughs> like that uh, at Blackhawk the other day it's on Sunday I was uh, the curbs at Blackhawk are, are notoriously rough right um, you don't want to use the curbs in the infield because they're like ramps they're they're literally jumps like you'll jump the car if you hit the curb you can roll a car over by clipping the apex curb too hard on the inside by the you know there's a tight S curve like a right left and a lot of a lot of the cars I rode in a couple cars I rode in a Radical um, and uh, Radical's got pretty good shocks right they're Radicals like super track day bro cars awesome cars like down it looks like a little Daytona prototype but the two, it's two seater um, but uh, well, it didn't have a windshield but it's an open cockpit you know Can-Am Daytona prototype looking thing but high abuse of power really fast I mean like shockingly fast uh, I didn't expect it to be so good but when he would hit the bumps like it was it was brutal hmm. um, like it, it's a light car probably only 1400 pounds but uh, Felt it. and in the fit that I rode in a Honda Fit or a couple Honda Fits and when they would hit the curbs like oh you hit you feel every you feel the bang like it's a big bang hmm. And but in my CRX <clears throat> when I touch the cur- uh, some of the medium curbs that you can hit didn't feel it. Like, you literally don't feel it. Just smooth? Smooth. Like, didn't upset the chassis at all. Um, and I noticed that a lot of our regular tracks, Autobahn and uh, Gingerman and stuff, um, you get on some of your regular apex curbs, and it upsets the car, and, you know, bang, okay. you know, like, tosses the car up a little bit, just with your regular run-of-the-mill race shocks, right? Um, but he's got... Uh, David's got these the curve on these things. Uh, I tapped the, the inside curb at one at Gingerman, like, I'm not even there. Don't feel it. Huh. I, like, it blows me away how how a really, really well-set-up shock just does things differently. Um, but it's it's all, it's it's not soft. It's not a soft shock. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, 46 mil custom bill stains. So I can, give, I can give you his number if you want to talk to him. Yeah, they're probably, really very probably pretty useful. I, I, I've been on bill stains before in a even, stock type R. Even OEM bill sports are pretty good. A lot of guys like that for like a OEM or a replacement shock for smaller German stuff, you know, E30s, uh, 944s, etc. Um, yeah, I, I dig Bilstein's a lot, uh, and they have a cool race line. I think I have ra- racing AN2s or AS2s or whatever in the back um, that he made mounts for for EF. But yeah, uh, Bilstein's are pretty neat. I would maybe think about those too. So <coughs> probably should. Maybe, maybe, yeah, one of the cars were running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get it running first, though. Yeah, that's not that part, but no, what's, I, it, what's I, it currently sitting at right now? What do you mean, what, what or where? What 
Well, I know where it is. <laughs> I guess like, you know exactly where it is. Like, I put it there. <laughs> yeah. You had a hand uh, in Yeah, what, what, what kind of shocks are on it? Is that oh, it's, it's stock. Uh, I think it's actually technically, if you want to be real you know, specific, it's like stock JDM Type R. Oh, okay. So it is. it does have... Type R stuff on it. Yeah, it does. Uh, Not just Civic roller shocks. No, no, it has that with the the JDM five lug with that crazy thirty six mil yep. front axle. The big one, huh? Which everyone struggles finding replacement axles for a lot. So that's a that's going to be a challenge to run into at some point. Doesn't uh, I think Raxels and a couple of companies make them? Huh? They are, but I think the good ones are when they when they want your core. Yeah. They want an OEM core. Oh, okay. They don't want... They don't want to pair stuff? Yeah, so... Yeah, it wasn't, like, the thing you take a Prelude outer and... I've read about that. I forgot exactly what it was, but, yeah, like a Prelude outer, Integra inner... Type S stuff now or something? Yeah, Type S, because the regular just uses a 32. Um, I haven't done all the homework on it. I mean, my thought was, I wonder if someone could just send some from Japan. (laughs) You can probably get that done. You know, I figure there are people out there making a business doing that. Yeah, talk to one of the importers and just hey hey i want two sets of these please yeah so i, I figure out uh, there'll be a way to figure it out that won't be too bad the idea is just to have one set of spares at all times and then yep. okay he'll be fine yeah rebuild the others so they never sold that 36 mil outer hub axle in the u.s no if you want a little, weird little type r trivia that, that that is a 98 spec type r we don't have anything like that here you know the larger wheel bearing i mean it's a crv size wheel bearing but we never had it on an integra the C- does the CRV axle work? From I've heard people trying it, but I think it's just a little too long. Okay. Like you can get it to work, but it's not right. Um, and then the other trivia is, I've always joked that the Type R is kind of pulled from the Prelude and Accord parts bins. Yeah. Um, because the 96 spec was 4x114, just like the 4th gen Prelude. Yeah. 4x114. Um, you look at, uh, if you want to upgrade... The brake rotor size on a 96 spec. It's a Prelude VTEC rotor up front and a cord rotor in the rear. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not Integra. You know, so it's just weird little things that it seems like Honda Japan. And I guess the theory back then was, why do you need to have bigger brakes in the Type R if it's already lighter yeah. than their SIRG, which was our GSR? Yeah. You know, it's a lighter car. Well, the brakes should be fine. And then obviously they did upgrade them in '98. Yeah, with just. Uh 11 inch or yeah like a crv rotor basically yeah so just kind of a little random trivia on that or random tidbits but uh uh, the the, and then of course the uk uh uh, used the same as the u.s really yeah they were five log 32 axles not 36 i don't I, i don't understand why manufacturers do that kind of stuff where they have the same car they put it in different places and then they just change like weird stuff like that and there are a lot of weird things it's different between the japanese one that i have and the u.s one the japanese one obviously has your road flare holder but it also has the u.s has this <laughs> obviously has the road flare <laughs> well i got a story about that uh the u.s one has a tiny little corn tray to the left of the steering wheel really you know but the japanese one to the right of the steering wheel and also on your outside it does not a coin tray you can fit like a wallet and phone in there it's big huh yeah and it's like well, why didn't we get that and i can't i don't have an answer as to why we didn't get it but yeah it's 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 nice haters you know just hate the u.s they even have like a little like credit card id license holder in the center console area just kind of clips in. that would be nice to have a place to put your wallet so you don't have to sit on it all day yeah that car is great you just pop that open and, yeah and actually the uk one has it was the right hand drives so the uk right hand drive ones have it too 
Okay. But the da- that dashboard was different. It yeah, wasn't just symmetrical or uh, flipped. Well, yeah, but you know, the left-hand one doesn't have it. But then vice versa, we we can get that nice air airbag block-off plate from Canada. Yeah. yeah. For the left-hand drives, but they never made a block-off plate for right-hand drive. Interesting. Yeah, just one little quirks here and there. The Canadian cars didn't have airbags up top. I think there was some option you could get without it, and that's why that part exists. Oh, okay. You know, um, it's a little strange, but like a tray, right? Yeah, it's a great yeah. tray. You can throw your, <laughs> I don't know, your wallet up there or something. Yeah, and then so you, you take know. a hard right-hand turn, and it goes. Or that's when you put turn, those old little flying. gritty mats. Yeah, it goes flying out the window. <laughs> yeah, um, just a little uh, random stuff. Another thing we were going to talk about today. Uh, today we were watching uh, when we were watching B-Spec go through madness which is 4, oh, 5, yes. 6 or whatever we were talking about how how come some of those cars run yeah I was more outside first turn than more inside second turn I was slightly not obsessed but watching this a lot today while the, the uh, I'm sure you got... that, this turn is like a it's a long straightaway hard braking zone make a pretty hard right pretty hard left and the left goes up kind of sweeps inside to the left and then uh, sets you up for another right-hander afterwards. And we, and we were watching, we're standing right there, sitting right there, watching the line. So We um, had a great seat. and uh, We were like t- 15 feet from the racing surface. And I've, I've, I've been taught by people who are fast at Mid-Ohio multiple ways. Yeah. You know, people who I highly respect. One was our lead instructor, Eric, taught me a way around there that he, you know, he taught Joe and everyone else. And so it kind of trickled down. And then I kind of learned another way when I instructed with the NSX club just because it was raining and I'm watching a lot of people so you know do you do you turn in early and then really track out and if you track out do you stay over there to set up for madness and hang out on the left or do you bring it back a little bit to then turn in a little harder into madness you know or the one guy that we saw today he was turning in a lot later yeah and he was almost kind of throwing away a little bit of that first part of the right hand. Yeah, he was a little bit more mid track. He was, yeah, coming in mid track, but much smoother. Yeah. Everyone else is fighting the car, trying to bring it back from the end of the track so they don't go off into the grass. And he's bringing it nice and easy. Now, the downside of what he's doing is he was leaving the inside way open. Yeah. If he had had people charging, they could have gotten inside of him there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's a passing opportunity there then. But since he was so far ahead, he didn't worry about it. He had 11 seconds in the lead. And it looked incredibly smooth. It really did. A lot of the other cars were flying over madness. You hear tire squeal. And Mr. Doherty was like straight a little bit of wheel spin going over the hill, but less than the other cars. Like a weekend drive. Yeah, it was super smooth. And I was impressed because he, he'd come up the middle. He wouldn't even go all the way to, you know, to the left or, you know, in this case, sometimes to the right. He just kind of hung out in the middle and then just hit madness hard. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But even then, there still wasn't a lot of noise. Um, who uh, who was one of your first instructors, do you remember? Hot Shoes Pemberton, I think was his name. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I That's think it was Pemberton. Like Wild West hero name. It, it was, uh, I want to say, yeah, it was out at, at Mid-America Motorplex, which I heard has changed their name. Yeah, it's... Uh, owners and everything. Uh, RPM now, I think. Yeah, I think it was RPM. And Raceland was, Park of the Midlands. He was my first instructor, if I remember correctly. Was that an expo event? No, it was um, it was run by Wes Moore. Oh, okay. who, you know, definitely I, expo legend. Uh, but he, it was a Honda Tech track day, I think. Really? And he was my first legit instructor. Interesting. And actually, I learned a ton. My first, my first was mentioned in the podcast earlier. Bart or uh, Hubert. Hubert Borowski. Hubert Borowski. Yeah. Uh, that's a. That's yeah. A, 
excellent person he, to start with. He made fun of me for having so many mods on my car. Oh, this car is way too modified. I don't know, you're messing around so much with this car. <laughs> so many things going on with this car. You know, that was the year, I think, that they showed up to, I think it was Expo Gingerman, right? Yep. And people were asking, you know, what's what's going on with these two D-stock type bars? You know, were they supercharged or no? There's got to be something going on because they're just flying. And it's yeah, like, a couple, it was a couple years after my first uh, instructor day. I'd done a couple of like just drive around kind of track days, like, hey, let me out there, please. And <laughs> uh, I was with VW Club, and they had Michigan Volkswagen enthusiasts, uh, like in 02, 03. Um and like they just kind of let people just drive around, but. Uh, yeah, my first instructor day was in 04, um, a day with an instructor. Uh, and then in 06, I remember them at Expo at Gingerman rolling everybody. Yeah. They had these stock type bars. I think they had like Fujitsubo exhausts. Uh, one of them had a Fujitsubo and Coney's. Yeah. And the other car was stock stock. Um, and that was kind of their backup car. Yep. In case something happened with the one at Nationals, they would throw the parts on the other and go. Yeah. I remember I think I did a compression test on one or I think one of them right before just to see which one maybe was doing better. But they were both good, so it, didn't, it really didn't matter. Yeah. You know. I remember them being so fast. They are something else. I think it was 05. Yeah. I went to an event there with them. I was in the GSR. Our friend Mark was in a 97R. And then those two showed up with the black cars. And someone took great photos of turn one. Of yeah. All of us entering turn one. And for the most part, Mark in the 97R, myself in my GSR, Hubert in his black car. We have that same kind of pitch we, all of us have with our front-wheel drive Hondas. And yeah. Then there was a picture of Bart, who is our multi-national champion, multi-time national champion. Car looked completely different. Yeah. Totally different pitch. Car looks way more aggressive. I don't know what he was doing. He was probably going in hotter. <laughs> going in hotter, but in a way that it just looked foreign to me. Yeah. And uh, But he's someone that, I, you know, even back in those days, he was a Gran Turismo 3. He's the type of guy who could get all gold every time. Oh yeah, you know he just yeah he has the sixth sense I think and uh, oh Hubert wasn't a bad shoe he was like runner up nationals a bunch of uh, times. Hubert is I mean he's very good he's a freaking driver too but his brother's got something else going on yeah it's always a, I think it's always a joke all right uh, you'd said to me that they're talking about going club racing I think they want to go into that yeah they they did not go to nationals this year and I'm sure some people were happy about that maybe but. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure others missed their company. Um, but, yeah, they, they did not autocross this year. Uh, they think they sold the Miata. Yeah. You know, it's gone. Like, yeah. I think all they're doing now is some ice racing. Uh, they're really into cycling right now. Um, but they've, they've been wanting to get, like, an RX-7, cage it, and, and have some fun, like, real fun, go racing on a track. Uh, it's, tell them it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I, I would love to see him out there, though. Ask him how big the bank account is. <laughs> I like a dragon. Freaking serious putt putt place. Second putt putt place. Indiana does not mess around with their putt putt, everybody. Yeah, that's a, a legit dragon on the side of a mountain there. Yeah, but I think we're in Valparaiso, Indiana. No, we're, at, we're getting close. Yeah, I think we're in downtown Valparaiso area. Yeah. Downtown is just to the right here. Yeah, Bart always said something, Hubert always, that maybe Hubert taught you this. Um, but when you're braking, before, before you get on the gas, everything can turn, he always talked about like that moment for the car to settle yeah you know and it was something that took me a little while to completely understand until you learn how to go in unsettled and then <laughs> yeah. you realize wait a minute it's actually a lot easier on the car yeah 
and yourself. If you learn how to just, and it doesn't have to be long, it's just knowing the, the vehicle dynamics a little bit. Yeah, and uh, every car is very different when you're at the limit. Yes. Um, Some are friendlier than others. And I, I think that's what I really like about my new shock setup is uh, the settling moment is smoother, um, and it uh, it just always feels like the tires can touch the ground more. Uh, It'll drive the, better if you feel like it's smoother. Even though the, the back inside tire never touches the ground, but everything feels <laughs> I don't know, everything feels better with a good setup on a car and. That would be one, my, one of my recommendations to anybody who's newer to this track stuff. Um, ask the fastest guy what you should run. <laughs> and then uh, ask the other fastest guy what he runs. See if there's a pattern. Uh, and talk to him. Or, you know, just, uh, just, just ask about spring rates. Spring rates are huge. Uh, it's, a, it's a good topic that um, you know, our, our lead instructor... I think he's working with Andretti Green now, but and I haven't talked to him as much as others have. But you know, he, he has to do setup with rallycross cars and, and whatnot. And yeah. Even when, I think when he was in FSAE or whatever it is, uh, general rule I think is what you try to get. What's the softest spring you can get away with? Yep. You yeah. know, it's not the stiffest spring. But it's the softest you can do it. I, I I've, I've erred on both sides of the problem with that. Like I've gone like way too stiff with cars I've gone too soft with cars and I would definitely err on the softer side rather than the stiffer side because it seems like you can work the tire a little bit more and the tire is what's doing all the things um, you can work tire suspension travel yeah. it has a nice a nice and, and camber curve yeah and things happen uh, a little slower with uh, a softer tire like you don't get the snappy oversteer as much uh, you can get, you can build some of that back in with camber with tire pressures with sway bar too you know uh, if you want the thing to oversteer but it's not as like you know knock the fillings out of your teeth like and, <laughs> and snap around and steer with the gives back you wheels. a moment to mentally process yeah it, it uh i don't know i'm uh, i've enjoyed going back to a softer spring rate this year but. yeah that and it was actually a lot of fun for me when i when i took the car out on stock suspension for the first time in years this summer with you guys yeah. and yeah, I thought, well, this, this is probably going to be whatever, you know. Stock suspension is not terrible in XFR. Uh, I was, I was so impressed. I forgot how good it was. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I was like, this feels great. I don't know what the problem is. Like, I mean, it's a little soft, but you can. It is a little soft. You get on top of curbs, and you don't even know they're there. But it's, it's very, uh, it's very compliant. <laughs> yeah, they, there was a reason that they were. Uh, very well reviewed back in the day. Yeah, I think what was the one car though? Didn't sports sport compact car kind of give the Prelude SH the the nod or something? That's right. It? I remember. Yeah. And then looking a, back on it, I think it might have been maybe not the most. There was accurate. a comparable between the Prelude uh, Type R, Celica GTS. Oh right. Something else. Maybe an MRS or something. No, it might have been a uh, a GSR. I, I remember there being three Hondas and they. Celica, maybe something like that. Have Austin's you, probably got the article. Right you know what? There we go. Have you driven an SH? I, I have. No, I have not. Because you know, my buddy Chris had one. Super right? handling is what SH stands for, right? Type SH. They had other acronyms for it, but you know, Type SH. I actually liked it. It's a fascinating design because it's basically an automatic trans <laughs> bolted to one side that does, you know, some different torque control I yeah guess. what uh, do you know anything about the details on that setup well, I think it was the ability to do 
difference really? between the two wheels, which was more than the mechanical limited slip on a Type R. Yeah, I think it's like what 60, 40, 75, 25. I so, don't remember. so the you're still it's still stick shift. Still stick shift, but there's a tiny little basically a torque converter <laughs> where the intermediate shaft would be, and it, you actually have to put like a quart of ATF in there. Um, Interesting. I mean, it's the precursor to all these super handling all-wheel drive accurate yep, yep. You know, that was kind of like one of the first things out there that I know of that used it and it was fascinating because you you know when you get used to a nice mechanical diff and you turn in and get on the gas you feel it yeah the SH had like a slight moment where it you didn't feel it and then it was there and yeah. once it was there it was really it really pulled you through the corner hmm. but that brief moment of not being there then there kind of throws you off mentally so it was like a diff that thinks about it for a second it was just and it was just long enough that if you're used to say a type r or you know any other car with a mechanical limited slip like that you know um, where you, you just feel it right away it would throw you off yeah but had you not experienced that i think you'd adapt to it just yeah, fine I didn't, I didn't know that that was all electronic i mean i've probably read about it but it's not a car i've ever thought about really it's uh it was it was a fascinating car i was really i was always impressed by it i think it was a really nice car how do you like those motors the h22 and uh, uh probably uh, one of those dark horse secret engines that honda built really well that people don't use enough yeah that <laughs> people just yeah. don't put them in anything because they don't fit in anything very well except for cords and preludes Yep. Um, they they kind of lean back a little differently, I thought. Yeah, Joe Joe Mosher just won STU yesterday. Didn't he have a, was it H23 VTEC in there now? Is uh, that what he, I thought that's what he moved to. No, H22. He, he would have to run an H22, yeah. H22, okay. Yeah, Prod, you don't, you're not allowed to do engine swaps. So. Okay. Um, yeah, he uh, he just won yesterday with one. They were having problems with that thing cracking crankshafts and stuff for a little while. Really? Um, I think they went to custom <clears throat> crank of identical measures, but I'm not, I can't remember exactly. That was a King car, right? Yeah, King built that. King built uh, that, yeah. Bright orange prelude. Featured in Honda tuning like five years ago. It's a pretty car. Yeah, they've been building it for a long time and developing it for a long time. We were at a private test day. Tom Lamb, uh, a buddy of mine and I, we were at a private test day that Joe rented the track, Joe and his dad. Um, and they, they had, uh, this is like three years ago, they had an, an array of, uh, an, on each tire, uh, they had an array of temperature sensors. Uh, mounted in the fender well, like mm. five per tire, wow. and so they could know real time. They, and they were watching, all, looking at all the data, know real time how camber adjustments were affecting tire tire temp, and they're looking for even wear all the way across. So Joe would go out and do two or three laps, and come back in, analyze, adjust something, go back out. I mean, it was it was really very cool to watch. Yeah. Um, minor adjustments were making pretty good sized sweeps in uh, tire, tire temperature. And, I can see that. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, pay attention to, oh, they come in, they get out, take the helmet off, go grab their Harbor Freight uh, temp gun, <laughs> and like, oh yeah, it's a little cold on the inside, a little cold on the outside. Joe, I remember, I, I remember talking to Joe saying, well, how, how fast do tire temperatures change? And he said, well, that's why we have to do it this way, because we found out that it's completely inaccurate to just test your check your tires uh, in grid and uh, <laughs> doesn't actually <laughs> provide accurate. you with a lot of useful info. So I, it's I can see that you're almost better off just looking at tire wear. Then you know you, you'll see a similar at, thing overall if you can get the wear right. But. I look at wear as my my thing now. That's always kind of the indicator for me. Wear. 
Yeah, you I, can usually tell where you're using a lot and where you're not. Yeah, if uh, if you're wearing the outside edge, eh, you might <coughs> over driving not, or add a little air. Yeah, something's not right with your camber or you or the, you know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to look for. A but, lot of variables there. Yeah, I, I guess within the span of a few hundred feet, tires change so much in temperature. Um, so he's got to have like real-time data like that. So, That's fascinating. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's kind of a kind of a piece of metal with some senders yeah. on it. Did yeah. you see what McLaren is doing? No. Fascinating article recently about their technology, and instead of having temp sensors in the wheels that then report back to a main unit, that then report to the to the pit the pit side there, the pit, you know, the pit box. Okay. Um, it's an entire computer in each wheel. In the wheel, and the and there's a bunch of sensors in there, but the sensors never talk directly to the to data guys. Okay. The computer talks to it. The computer has already done the work. All right, you know this is this is the current situation, and this is you know how much more we can go at, with these temps, <laughs> and it just already does it for you. Yeah. So they basically instead they kind of took out the oh we got to send these this data back. No, it already took care of the data and put it together for you. Here's what. And here's it's what inside I would do. the wheel. Oh, that's so bizarre. No thanks. Well, I, I'm, fa I'm always fascinated because much. the F1 world always seems like they're like 20 years, yeah. 30 years ahead. The world has passed us by, man. Yeah. And uh, what was the uh, the other thing that uh, you know active suspension is banned? Yeah. Speaking of shocks, and yet Mercedes has kind of found a way that you know when that front right wheel lefts uh, lifts up, that the uh, front right you know comes up, rear left goes down, you know, and pushes yeah. it back down, and and, and you've got uh, the Magna shocks from. GM and other um, companies now. Bose was behind those too, I think, weren't they? Yeah. The, well, there was the Bose system that where cars could do bunny hops. Did you ever <laughs> see that video? No, I saw the one where it would go over these like uneven bumps, like nothing happened. It, yeah, it would. Uh, you could drive straight at a curb, and it would like suck the front wheels up and jump over the curb. <laughs> Did not see that. Part. I need yeah, to see that. It's part. an old. Uh, it's, it's like it's an Alexis a, or something. Yeah, right? it's a Lexus yeah. LS four hundred yeah, or something. Yeah, I think I saw. A different part of that video is what I saw then. Yeah. yeah. The uh, suspension's a, a weird, deep rabbit hole to go down. And I, I don't make any claims to know much, you know. But uh, I've spent a lot of time listening to Lee Grimes talk about it. And I've spent a lot of time talking to David Whitener about it. And People that know more. Yeah, now, now I'm kind of ascribing to, like, the... Well, I'm going to ask those guys what I would do. And I know... I think now that I can't, because my bill stains are not adjustable. I think now that I can't control how terrible and messed up everything is, uh, I can just kind of feel the car for what it is and, what, and know what I like about it. Um, I feel like I know more about the stuff now. Now that I know I've got a set of pretty dialed-in shocks, uh, it's kind of a relief almost. Less for me to screw I, up. I think it maybe it puts more of your focus on adapting and driving. Oh yeah, exactly. Instead of thinking yeah. maybe I could do better if I adjusted. Well, you can't. Yeah. So just don't think about it. Yeah, there's nothing I can adjust without playing with either tow, tire pressure, or camber. You know. So. I mean, when I learned in the GSR all those years, the only thing I ever really adjusted was tire pressures. Not having adjustable shocks is not a bad thing. You yeah. don't need the 32-way freaking spin all them nuts and bolts and zing-zings and whatever. I was waiting for the 64. There's so <laughs> many, so many adjust. Yeah. Our, our shocks go to freaking 80. Look at all my cans that hang off my side pods. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love my basic little shocks right now. But. Yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of it's mental. And if you can... <laughs> Eliminate one thing you're driving to process. 
Yeah. You can yeah. focus on the other things even more. Yeah. Now I just look for leaks, and when there's leaks, I will put them in a box to, in <laughs> Texas. And then when uh, when I get them back, I will know they're probably fine, and it's time to party. It's so, time to have a good time again. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. The uh, setting up a car is, is is fun. It's taken me a couple of years to get really pretty halfway decent quick in my car, um, but uh, always I always seem to figure something out every event. I told some dudes that on Sunday, like some advanced guys who'd been to a dozen track events or whatever, and they're like, man, a car looks pretty good out there. I'm like, man, I learn something new every day. <laughs> 16 years or 15 years, whatever. Sure. And every every day I'm on track, I learn something, uh, whether it's the car or like, you know, I think, oh, I, I react mentally stupidly to this or that, <laughs> you know. Um, try to sharpen something up every time. Yeah, there's always, like, once in a while, there's always one of those turns, too, where it's like, you know, I know how to do this right, but for some reason, when I'm not thinking, I, yeah, I, I know, I make the same bonehead move uh, every time. Uh, <laughs> like, every t- uh, I would pull, I, I, I drove an Evo 10. I drove our, our buddy Abram Schmuckers. Uh, it's a one-lap uh, competitor, Evo 10. 400 horsepower, whatever. Unbelievably good at everything. And I pulled back in, and we ran it out of gas. Um, I pull in to the pit lane at uh, Blackhawk, and Austin says, man, why do you come onto the front straight and then, like, swerve all the way to one side and then set up again? We keep thinking you were coming in. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did do that. Like, I don't know. I really don't know why I did that. Um, and I did it in my CRX. I did it in that thing. And he's like, yeah, every time you were out there, I'm like, is Adam coming? Adam's not coming in. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Dude. Just playing games. Mentally, that's how my car. That's how my body wanted to do it. And you got to think through. And I'm adding extra steering input. Uh, I probably was running that turn badly, setting up for that, and then I would puke out kind of stupid, and then kind of just, you know, smooth that out in the straightaway, and then look like I was cutting across the whole track. And <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, you got to really. I think that's something that in-car video helps a lot of people at. Uh, sure, yeah. Where they can get back and, and see quickly watch their video. That's something I'm going to work on a little bit more. I yeah. haven't uh, I haven't watched a video very quickly after the sessions uh, lately. But I would add just the fact that you can talk about it yeah, and, and yeah. analyze it. It puts you, you ahead of people that just assume it's always something if you've else. you've got a trusted buddy you can look at it with, too, that probably always helps. Oh, but totally. We spent a lot of time looking at video at IT Fest, my last race in August. Uh, not my video, because I'm... I didn't have video. But uh, we were watching Eric Cattell's video, Mike's video, Lee Grimes' video. And uh, I put video in on Sunday, uh, and there's only one race. There's a practice or qualifying race and then the big race. But um, every time I watch in-car video of me, I'm like, why do I do that? Like, what am I doing there? (laughs) So I wouldn't put a big focus on, like, hey, YouTube, look at my video. Let's upload it to Facebook and everything. But... Once you're a few track days in and you've got the basic grasp, that is a good tool. Well, and I think there was a, a quote from, uh, I think it was uh, Ryan Eversley recently on Twitter. He was, I think he was instructing, uh, private instructing for someone at Coda. And you know, someone had commented, like, well, how, you know, how's that instructing work if you're not in the passenger seat? And he said, it's a you know, video. Yeah. You can do a lot with it. You can really go back and look at it and then really help. Yeah. And obviously it works. I would love to have the money to hire a coach like that someday. That would be probably the way to find another second everywhere. Yeah, well, that money would be nice. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> to have to do that with. Yeah, once, when we're when we're out of the the old Honda Civic money, 
price bracket. In the days we're all driving the nice Italian cars or something. Or something. I don't think I'm going to ever drive one of those. Uh, I drive a really mediocre Italian car, like an ancient Fiat. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I probably wouldn't go that route. I, I don't know. I actually could see myself... I've been pretty happy with the Japanese cars I've had. You know? Yeah, but I could see myself sticking with them also. Maybe it's a old Skyline or... Have you driven, uh, like, an R32? Not yet. Dude, they're so great. And I, when they first started coming over, what, two years ago, uh, a few people that know me know that I had this bug, like, you know, I could just get rid of my car and go find one of those. Just get off, uh, and in about four miles off to the right, where it will be tall pass. All right, well, we're going to detour. They're so good. You can, I'll leave the keys to this TSX. Yeah. I mean, this TSX just turned 188,000 miles oh, on this trip. what a freaking deal, man. It's a great car. It's such a deal. You know, when you're trying to hire a new person, you want how many years' experience? Look yeah. at this. Very experienced. Yeah. This thing's been around the block. Yeah. It's been shot, you know that? Shot? This car's been shot. With a gun? Yeah, with a gun. Where? Twice. Where's the hole? Yeah, back behind you in the rear rear quarter panel. My sister owned it. Well, that's disconcerting. She did. It was shot. <laughs> and, All right. And when they had to, when she had uh, some hail stuff repaired, yeah. they went ahead and patched those holes for it. But there's still a little dent back there from it. Interesting. Yeah. So if anyone ever buys this car, just know that there's a slug back in there. It, <laughs> it ricocheted off, actually. Do you actually. know why it was shot? Yeah, there was a guy in the town I grew up in. I grew up by St. Louis. Uh, that Didn't like your sister? No, nah, I guess the cops said they've been kind of firing at everybody. Oh. Yeah. Nice fella. Yeah, I'm sure they were bored that night. Yeah. Uh, look at that black Ford. That looks pretty good. Blap, blap. <laughs> Do you know what kind, of, what kind of round it was? How big? No, nah, it wasn't big. You know, it, my guess, what, 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 what's pretty what's smaller than a 22? It must have been, could have been much. Oh, and that's a BB gun. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're 20, not... 22s are pretty small. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like it was, you know, someone had a Dirty Harry Magnum out there, Colt yeah, 45. Not even like a 9 mil or something. Nah, I, she she did say that the car, like, rocked, like, yeah, felt it. That might have been like a 9 mil. Yeah. A 22 probably wouldn't rock. But she, but she felt it. Yeah. Scared the crap out of her. She came home, and I think she even called me. I believe that was scary. And uh, called the police, all that stuff. Yeah, so this car's been shot. Oh, well, that's cool. But... <laughs> You know what? 188,000 miles and we're still going. Yep, good car. Yeah. I've, uh, I've enjoyed my couple days riding around in this car. Yeah, it's, uh, I call it the Team Lazy Car. Well, we're about 10 minutes from home, so I think I'm going to pack all this junk up. Yeah. we got uh, how many minutes we got this thing in. So, that's another good one. That's a full 42 minutes so far. It's a good number to stop uh, on. What's, uh, what's the website for Type R Expo, Jay? Uh, ITRExpo.com. Yeah, you want people to sign up for your October day? Yeah, it's uh, October 19th and 20th. We'd love to have everyone out. Virginia International Virginia, Raceway. The beautiful VIR. One of my favorite tracks They just ever. repaved it. Yeah. It looks amazing. They repaved the whole thing again? Yep, whole thing. Really? Whole thing. There was I don't know about that infield part with the grand course, but... Yeah, there was some controversy with the, with the paver and stuff was coming up. And I believe there was a lawsuit. And they repaved the whole. They grounded down and repaved the whole top. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They were posting up photos. It was great. I think it's a guy named it's Kerrigan, guy in charge of VAR. One of the guys there. He yep. uh, he was putting up photos left and right. They did a whole thing. Wow, that's shocking. And uh, looks fantastic. Looked great during the IMSA weekend on online. And uh, so I mean, it's a great chance to go enjoy a pro track with a <laughs> fresh repave. 
you know, the Expo guys are lucky. Last year we had Gingerman, they just did a repave, and here we're going to VIR. I think it repave. was. It was just repaved in 2014. Was it 14 or 15? 14. 14. Well, still, it was fresh enough yeah, to ask guys. Because I instructed there in 2013, and it was the, one of the last events on the old pavement. And then I raced there the next year in 2014 at the VIR 13, and it was brand new then. So, mm. um, interesting. Yeah, so we've got. You know, some good, nice fresh pavement. That'll be fun. Should be, should be all settled in now. Yeah, go to itrxpo.com, check out Jay's stuff, and uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, oh, we do have a uh, the Grid Life special stage. Special stage. Uh, October 15th, 16th, up at Gingerman Raceway. You can make a whirlwind week. Yeah, you can do both. We have a lot of people doing both. There's going to be a caravan going out to you guys. Yeah, uh, I might even be swinging through Gingerman yeah. on my way to VIR. We're going to have, uh, we do have time attack spots open, drift spots open by application. Uh, advanced is basically sold out, and for me it's sold out beginner almost, I think, but uh, get some spectator tickets. It should be a fun event. Uh, car show stuff is, uh, is open. Oh, 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 something. Whoa! Somebody, somebody, somebody got off at the wrong place. Some, well, we did too, yeah. actually. Oh, we're fine here. Um, you'll talk me through it. Yeah, now we'll be fine. All right, well, yeah, go to Grid Life Special Stage, Grid.life. Okay. <laughs> um, well, now that I just, I think I smushed my balls with my legs when you hit the brakes there because well, I tried to grab the recorder. Those guys stopped. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to dig around on the floor and find the recorder. Let's see. Grab the cables. Yeah. Right, review us on iTunes. Tell me how bad the sound quality is. Deal with it. Later, everybody.